0: This fucking guy. Hello, my banana nut muffins. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care. If self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is
1: where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process creeps, jerks, and P-words that compose the shitty elevator music that makes up our lives. I already voted Ren Martinez. And
0: I also already voted, Ginger Gollum.
1: Have you heard that we voted, Ginger? Did you hear <sighs> that we voted? We voted.
0: I, I voted. My my little howl into the void is that I keep checking the Board of Elections website to see if they've received my ballot and they haven't yet. Um, so I, I, I voted early and I wanted to do it via absentee ballot, because that's how I usually do it. It's been working fine for me. I didn't, like, foresee any great level of voter fraud happening with that. So... I was going to do that. And then some mailboxes got broken into in the greater Richmond area. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to drop it off at the registrar's office. And then I went to the registrar's office, and there was a line literally around the block Wow. Uh, to vote, and I couldn't see a drop-off box. So I stuck it in the post box directly in front of the registrar's office and then left. And boyfriend, fiance, husband, international Jew, comes home like two days later and is like... You didn't see the drop box directly in front of the registrar's office? No, I fucking did not. <laughs> if I'd seen it, I would have used it. Clearly. Clearly. So, Ren, is there anything that you want to scream into the void? I mean, other than the world crumbling and
1: America hurtling into fascism. Yes. Um, I went camping last weekend. <laughs> And uh, we'd been planning it for a while. Reek had made the reservations back in like July, something like that. And, you know, had let everybody know and then sent an email out and was like, hey, guys, it's coming up in a couple weeks. Just reminded everybody. Yeah. And then we get this email back from everyone being like, oh, my gosh, three hours. It's way too far a drive. We could only do an hour and a half. So this was like two weeks before we're going. So we scramble, happen to find a site on Hip Camp where it's literally a lady's house, and she happens to live on 47 acres, and she's like, come on down. So we get there first, and she's like, you can, you can stay in this field. The field's right next to the road, and it's by the house. So you're literally, like, camping in this lady's backyard, which was not quite what we wanted. But she's like, also, we have this beautiful campsite, which we saw on the website, up on the hill, it's just about five ten minute walk. You can go to the hill, and you can go to the website, or the website. Go see the campsite. <laughs> and it like
0: oh, you are an indoor girl. I know, right? You can go to the website. Go to the website. Uh, so Ricky mm-hmm. and
1: I are like, all right, let's get our packs. Let's 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 start bustling. So we just kind of grab our first backpack, and we're just walking around, and then we get to this hill, and it is technically a hill. It is a hill. It is not a mound. It is not a mountain. It is technically a hill. But it does have like a solid 50 degree angle upwards in like half of it. (laughs) Oh, no. So my calves are screaming at me. My quads are like choking to death (laughs) on lactic acid for five minutes again it's only a five ten minute walk and we get up there and it is beautiful and secluded and wooded and it's like a little fire pit and so it takes six trips six trips four hours four hours getting all of our shit up this hill on the fourth trip up but by this point it is dark the rest of them have gone up with their stuff i have a (coughs) wagon full of like Freaking potato rolls, and I am like going up backwards, going ee, ee, ee. like back slowly, slowly up this hill. It takes me twenty minutes to go like fifteen feet. My my, my brother in law shows up and he's like, "Look, oh, I got you. We'll, we'll do this." So he's pushing the wagon, I'm pulling it, but he is like a freaking weightlifter. So I'm like, "I gotta move, right? I gotta like keep up." <laughs> so I'm like <laughs> going up this hill. I am, ugh. and. We get to the top of the hill, and I see the campsite, and I see everybody, and I notice that I'm seeing less of what's periphery, and less of everybody, because everything's (sighs) going dark towards the center of my site. I'm like, I'm gonna pass out. And they're like, here's a chair. So I immediately get put in a chair with a bottle of Gatorade. They still had to go back at least twice more uh, for for stuff. And um, I got to sip on Gatorade, and not... Puke my guts out, and I went to bed at nine p.m. and woke up at nine a.m. So they
0: don't—they don't show that part in Subaru commercials.
1: <laughs> Everyone dying at the end,
0: like just everybody sort of laid out next to the car, being like,
1: "I surpri- I like camping. I feel like after this, I have to qualify by saying I like camping. Do you? I just." This was a this was a campsite for backpackers. We came as car campers. So like we had a like three cook sets and three coolers and like at one point <laughs> my brother-in-law um again we were trying to like we were emptying out backpacks and taking them down to take mm-hmm. things up cuz that was an easy way to take things up. And we put in uh two 24 packs of beer in his backpack. <laughs> And he immediately, like, jingles up and he's like, this was a mistake. Oh, no. But he jingled his way up the mountain with, with 48 beers in his, like, giant Columbia bag. Uh,
0: honestly, he's the real hero of the story. They should put it, like, I know I joked about Subaru commercials. They should put that on the Columbia website. <laughs> you can put... Fucking forty-eight
1: beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, again, I had a lovely time. I had a good time, but I am sore as fuck. And my husband and I are like, we are squishy. We are soft. We when 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 the hordes
0: come to murder us all, I, we are the first. Like there is nothing stopping them. I mean, the only thing that's stopping the zombie hordes from getting to you is if you throw me in the way because. You know that I'm the only person that that is moving slower.
1: Right. I'm like, at least I'm faster than Ginger. That's the only one I got. I don't know about Susie. Susie, I don't know about her, like, walking speed. I don't know about
0: her, you know. As somebody who's gone on a lot of walks with her, I think that she has the physical fitness to be able to, like, walk at a pretty brisk pace, but she does not wear comfortable enough shoes to make that mm, a remote yeah. possibility.
1: You know, on that note, I think it may be time for some therapy, not physical therapy, talk therapy. All right, Gingy. I have my green smoothie.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I am going to be fully, I'm fully cleansed. Is that how that works? Do green smoothies cleanse you? I don't know. I don't know how. Certainly not, but go ahead. But why don't you
0: tell me about this fucking smoothie? (laughs) I mean, it looks like it probably tastes like parsley, and that is personally offensive to me. Honestly, it's mostly apple juice. Oh. It's
1: like apple juice and, like, pineapple, and there's, like, this spirilla in it. Okay. (laughs) 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 Whatever that is.
0: So, I feel like I want to start this off by apologizing to my poor mother, who, um, I told her, you know, hey, I'm gonna let you pick what the topic of... The next podcast is because I'm doing it next. And I, you know, I have to pick between these three things. And she gave me a really good recommendation. And then I went, ooh, wait, no, I want to do something topical. <laughs> um, So totally disregarded that. Mom, I'll get to it next time. Don't you worry. But um, since it is almost election season, I don't know if you've heard there's an election happening. Is there, um, is
1: there? I've just really been not plugged in.
0: Yeah, I wanted to uh, sort of delve into the dead asshole history of um, some certain elections, but I, you'll see. William Meager Tweed was born April 3rd, 1823. His father was a third generation chairmaker. I'm sorry. Yeah, I... his, his, first of all, his, his middle name is Meager? Meager. Like in Meager helpings? Yes, but it could be worse cuz apparently a lot of sources have it misattributed as his middle name being Marcy.
1: Oh, that that is not great. And his last name is Tweed?
0: Tweed. Tweed.
1: meager tweed
0: willie meager tweed
1: willie meager tweed i mean obviously william is like a generally generic name but i like meager tweed sounds like the name of a kindly old folk man at the end of some bayou tale where it's like you gotta go see (laughs) meager tweed and meager tweed gives you like the the advice in order for you to move on in your fairy tale journey
0: yes this is not that
1: (laughs) well i've never heard of this man
0: so you you might have well let's let's keep going okay um When he was fully grown, meaning that he was 11, because this is like the (laughs) 1800s, um, he he left school to go learn to make chairs and to join his father's industry. Uh, Somehow all of that got like kind of weirdly sidetracked and he became an apprentice to a saddle maker and he studied bookkeeping and he became a brush maker. And then eventually he settled down and started making chairs like in his late 20s. I
1: mean, it's, you know, it, you're young, you gotta spread that seed around. It's like, there's just so many crafts, Dad. Like, I could do saddles, I could do brushes, I could do all sorts of different household objects. Like, I can't, I can't commit to one, you know? I'm young,
0: dumb, and- I can't commit to just chairs. <laughs> I have to also study saddles, other things I can put my ass in. <laughs> also, he got married. It's okay. irrelevant. Um... <laughs> I usually put something about their family lives in there. This is literally the only time it's going to so, fucking come Willie up. Billy
1: Meager found found himself a uh, found some lady who loved a man who could make a chair.
0: Yep, and a I'm gonna do an Al Pacino impression. <laughs> you. she had a great ass, but I don't <laughs> think that I can do a good Pacino. Um, great for sitting. <laughs> Tweed was a man who loved his extracurriculars. He joined the Masons and the Odd Fellows, which, as far as I can tell, is basically just the Masons, but they have a worse PR team. Um, he also joined a volunteer fire company, Engine Number no. 12. He was apparently fucking great at being a volunteer fireman, because in 1848, at the invitation of State Assemblyman John J. Riley, he and his friends created the America's Fire Company Number no. 6, also known as The Big Six. Okay, that sounds like,
1: isn't that a football thing? I feel like, no, that's the football, the big six, isn't that a football the thing? The big game? The, no, I think it's a college league.
0: I promise you this has nothing to do with football.
1: Well, apparently it has everything to do with chairs,
0: so. <laughs> everything to do with chairs, everything to do with volunteer firefighting. Um, And you might have this like picture in your mind of volunteer firefighting being like a spaghetti dinner, save a cat in a tree kind of, kind of venture. Um, it's a lot weirder than that. Is it like the Roman ones where
1: they set things on fire and like said, we'll, we'll put it out if you pay us.
0: Well, I mean, not exactly, but like, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just quote this straight from Wikipedia. Cause there's no way I could fucking embellish this at the time. And we're talking 1840s. At the time, volunteer fire companies competed vigorously with each other. Some were connected with street gangs and had strong ethnic ties to various immigrant communities. The competition could become so fierce that burning buildings would sometimes be ignored as the fire companies fought each other. Tweed became known for his axe wielding violence and was <laughs> soon elected the Big Six foreman. <laughs>
1: image of this woman running out of a burning building she's like help my baby and then like the freaking sharks in the jets are like outside like and there's one that's just wielding an axe and she's like guys my baby though could y'all is does no one care about the baby no one they did not care about the baby it turned out you keep doing freaking like pirouettes here could we just like get to okay okay cool 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 cool
0: so all of that sounds great, clearly. <laughs> like, he got made the foreman. That did not last. And he got, like, totally thrown out of the fire company. Um, I but mean, don't count. Who would have thought that an axe wielding street fighter would not have the temperament for corporate work? <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? Well, he got thrown out of the fire company, not the chair company.
1: Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, to be the head of the fire company, you have to have some business acumen and like run things. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 no. This man is a literal axe murderer, like inches, inches from being an axe murderer. And that's the guy who you want to like have running your monthly meetings (laughs) and like checking your timesheets. That guy. Mm. Mm. Our work meetings would be so weird. (laughs)
0: If, if old man Rufus just had an axe. Just had an axe. <laughs> I mean, we'll see, like, phase three of COVID. <laughs> they just give him an axe. <laughs> You're staying closer than six feet together, old man Rufus with his axe.
1: Oh, man, that... Now, that does sound like the beginning
0: of a horror film,
1: but tell me about Tweety.
0: Um, so... At that point, he's, he's been thrown out of the fire station, but... Fire companies were a recruiting ground for political parties at that time, because fucking sure. It's the American politics in
1: the 1800s in which, like, did you commit arson? Yes.
0: Cool, you can be a senator. Pretty much. You have no idea. Uh, (laughs) So the Democrats of New York's seventh ward were like, ooh boy, gotta get us some of this... Big Willie Tweed. um, (laughs) And I guess they got him to run for alderman in 1850. And he lost. He lost to a guy named Morgan Morgans. (laughs) I love old-timey America. So good. Um, But he ran the next year and won. So Wikipedia notes, at this point, Tweed became associated with the 40 Thieves a group of aldermen and politicians that I assume were great straight shooting guys. <laughs> no fraud here, guys. No fraud here. Don't in worry the about scene.
1: it. Mm. Mm. Alibaba w- had his 40 days, so had his th- I'm sorry. Every time. Are we going to get sued for that? The fact that I sing a Disney song for like six seconds? I
0: think Uh, fair use is. I think you're fine. I think we're fine. We know lawyers. We know lawyers. <laughs> it helps us not one bit, but we know them. <laughs> Tweed was elected to Congress in 1852, where he served uh, totally unremarkably for two years. And then he came back to New York and was appointed to the New York County Board of Supervisors. As far as I can tell, the Board of Supervisors was basically the mob. <laughs> But it may also be that everything in New York at that point kind of seemed like the mob. I mean, more they more or less were the mob. And again, 1800s American
1: politics was absolutely the mob. All of it. Is that what *Gangs of New York*
0: was about? Pretty much. Although Tweed was not trained as a lawyer, his friend Judge George G. Bernard certified him as an attorney, and Tweed opened up a law office.
1: Because you could do that back then. I mean, you could be a doctor just by, like, having
0: a bottle of laudanum and a, I don't know, a coat. (laughs) A bottle of laudanum and a prayer. Um, (laughs) He ran for sheriff in 1861 and somehow lost, which, thank God for that. Um, But also immediately after he lost that election, he became the chairman of the Democratic General Committee and later Tammany Hall's General Committee
1: hmm
0: uh he became the grand sachem no idea what the fuck that means didn't look it up and began to be referred to as boss tweed
1: oh i know nothing about this guy but this is the guy this is the guy yeah, this, this is, is your the guy. guy i feel like you've mentioned him before i feel I like think you've i been- have mentioned
0: him before just in terms of he's known for being a corrupt politician
1: I mean, I could tell you that axe wieldy, the axe wielder, would probably be a corrupt politician. <laughs> it doesn't take a genius. What
0: tipped you off? <laughs> I mean, he had greater managerial skills than you gave him credit for.
1: Well, he was young. You know, when you're young, Buck, you just want to keep hitting people with axes. It takes it's, it takes a minute to settle.
0: It's just boys will be boys. Boys, boys, will, boys. will hit other boys with axes. <laughs>
1: With a building uh, (laughs) on fire in the background.
0: (laughs) Now, a quick word on Tammany Hall. I'm going to use that term a lot moving forward. Uh, Tammany Hall was a democratic, uh, largely Irish Catholic political machine in New York City from the 1700s to the 1960s that controlled a lot of New York politics. So, Tweed used his law firm... To extort money, which was then disguised as legal services, uh, he got himself also put in charge of appointing most of the contracts for New York City, and then bought companies that did those services, like printmaking companies and stationery companies, and then gave the contracts to them, and then they just mysteriously started overcharging man it's it's almost as if
1: we require politicians to divest of their uh of their holdings if it contradicts with their uh their their their, their political life um
0: because of things like this it's so weird how this never hmm. happens anymore i mean it it's kind of almost surprising that he didn't buy a bunch of hotels and then force Foreign uh, diplomats doing, and dignitaries. Yeah. To to, to stay in those mm-hmm. hotels in order to do business strange and all the
1: and, and have a political party and all of their events occur at the resorts that he owns,
0: you know? It's so weird, weird how that happened coincidentally. Coincidentally. Hmm. Hmm. But yeah, with all of that legal money, he had to invest in something, just put the money somewhere, so he became one of the largest owners of real estate in the city. Oh my god. <laughs> humans are
1: stupid. We never learn our history. We never fucking, fucking learn our
0: history. <laughs> and also, predictably, he started to form what became known as the Tweed Ring, great name for a band, uh, by having his friends elected to office, just making sure that his...
1: Tweed tweed ring sounds like... Uh, it sounds like some sort of nerdy clothing item. I like, was gonna
0: say it sounds like a Scottish person's asshole. <laughs> over, show me that Tweed ring. (laughs) Lassie. (laughs) I've watched so much Outlander, and I'm ethnically Scottish, you would think that I could do an accent, I can't. It is a brogue that I appreciate, but could never imitate. Oh, yeah. Tweed understood that, as a public figure, he needed to present an air of humble gravitas, which he interpreted as wearing just a huge fucking diamond in a shirt front. (laughs) Just all the time this kind of reminds me of
1: uh, one of the re- more recent behind the bastards episodes talked about Cecil mm-hmm. Rhodes, which I don't know if you know about Cecil Rhodes but I don't, don't like,
0: know Cecil owned
1: Rhodes. half of Africa and created the De Beers company so like oh no oh and also basically uh, created apartheid. So literally probably one of the worst people to ever exist. Um, but apparently, and the wedding industrial complex. (laughs) Fuck that dude. Fuck that guy. Um, but apparently, as a young man, uh, again with his diamond fortune, he was going to Oxford, and he would carry around a box of pocket diamonds. (laughs) Like he would go to fucking frat parties and be like, "Have you seen my diamonds? These are my pocket diamonds." And um, yeah, it's the same energy. Same Same energy.
0: energy.
1: (laughs) It makes me think of pocket Pocket sand. Pocket sand. But you're just throwing diamonds
0: at people. Just, I mean, it was it was unenergy. Oh yeah. Also, he started collecting canaries. There was not nearly enough information on that. <laughs> canaries. And yes. he would he would when he like spoiler alert he ends up spending a lot of time in Albany. When he would go to Albany, he would just bring a collection of his favorite canaries with him. What the fuck?
1: Uh, yeah, so I guess he was just a gentle soul who loved birds. Just, you know, like one of those old men in the park just throwing bird seeds out with his diamond pendant just hanging around his neck like Flava Flave.
0: <laughs> no word on if he tried to fuck any of the birds. <laughs> <laughs> you, you love a bird fucker. I do love a bird fucker. Accidental themes, people. Uh, while serving in Albany, he stayed in this very fancy suite where he entertained rich people who wanted to buy his votes and also his canaries. <laughs> um he was not alone in being like bribable in the New York State Senate, as you can fucking imagine. Oh no. Uh, he was just
1: the only one with the flavor flav diamond around his neck.
0: And the only one with a Scottish asshole. He was Scottish, that helps. Oh, okay. His tweed ring. Diamond bling. Yeah, there there were apparently at least 30 legislators in the New York uh legislature who were like known to be bribable.
1: I mean, I guess at the time in which, like, you know, firefighters are you know frickin' dance off in the street with axes, like, and and the police are basically mobs for rich people, like, it's not a surprise that all the politicians are corrupt. But I guess it's nice to know which ones exactly. So I guess if you happen to be, you know, I a young guess. a young person or a young poor person, maybe you can pull some of your community resource. Be like, could you please give
0: us food? Maybe could you please. Um So in one good example of Boss Tweed's Senate exploits, he apparently helped financiers Jay Gould in Big Jim Fisk, love that energy, take control of the Erie Railroad Company from Cornelius Vanderbilt by arranging, just arranging for legislation that legitimized fake stock certificates <laughs> that, ju- that Gould and Fisk had already issued. So he's like, here's a law to make these fake things real. Um, In return, Tweed received a large block of stocks and was made director of the company. How dare you make me feel bad for Vanderbilt. I know, right? Vanderbilt can also go fuck himself. That's also true. (laughs) In 1869, Tweed, uh, so he had this large scale, semi-nefarious plan he was going to propose this new city charter that would kind of restructure city government. But, of course, Tweed wanted to bypass all, all illusions of democracy and just get power directly to the people in City Hall so that a small number of people in the mayor's office would be making all of the decisions. I guess so he could save money on bribes. It didn't sound like things were not working for him. You know, a fella's gotta eat, man. You gotta gotta have a side hustle. Uh, yeah, speaking of side hustles, he paid $600,000 to Republican commissions to get this thing to pass. That is 1860 money. That's
1: a lot of money.
0: That is a lot of money. Um, but it did pass. It got him the support of some reformers who thought that this was a good idea for some fucking reason, and, uh of the people who wanted to make bribing officials easier um, and after the charter was passed, Boss tweets supporters just coincidentally won all 15 alderman seats in the city Cecil, you know, these weird coincidences alright, the
1: universe sometimes just aligns so that people who pay off governments are all in charge of it, it's just, it just happens you know,
0: kismet they call it serendipity The new charter put control of the city's finances in the hands of a board of audit, which consisted of Tweed, um, who was officially the Commissioner of Public Works, like he wasn't the mayor, but he was the Commissioner of Public Works, Mayor A. Oakley Hall, and Comptroller Richard Slippery Dick Connolly. If you think I will be calling that man anything other than Slippery Dick, you are mistaken. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> again I, when you have a nickname when you have first of all i don't did they have lube back then i don't know so like slippery oldy lube ye old lube um i mean when when your nickname is slippery dick you know you're a fucking asshole like it's not that mm-hmm. people d- like you know you're an asshole tweed ring and slippery dick
0: <laughs> oh boy um In the words of some dude named Albert Bigelow Payne, who I think was a New York Times reporter, but honestly, I I don't care. Um, (laughs) Their methods were curiously simple and primitive. There were no skillful manipulations of figures making detection difficult. Connolly, as controller, had charge of the books and declined to show them. With his fellows, he also controlled the courts and most of the bar. You know, you don't have to have a complicated
1: corruption scheme if your scheme is just be in charge of all the shit. Because
0: <laughs> once you're in charge of all the shit, come at me, bruh. The fact that this existed and the mob existed is mm-hmm. insane to me. Like, why was this not the mob? But ugh. I mean, they tended to
1: work hand in hand, like, my understanding is that a lot of the police force, like, all, a lot of the police force at this time were also on the mob's payroll, and the mob was also on the city council's payroll, and the city council was also on the police payroll, so all these fuckos just paid each other off.
0: I mean, it was it was the 1860s, and while, like, I am no expert on that era, or, like, census data from that era, I just assumed that there were, like, 15 dudes total anyway.
1: Yeah, so it's just these three groups paying each other off and a bunch of firefighters in the center swinging axes.
0: <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> do you want to hear about uh, some grifts? Yeah, let's get to that grift. Grift, grift, grift. Okay, so with with the new charter, that board of audit that I mentioned, the one with Slippery Dick, um, they were allowed to issue bonds for debt so that the city could do shit that it couldn't actually afford to do. Like, it could extend lines of credit whatever um and so contractors who were working for the city because the tweed ring had picked them to work for the city um they would multiply each bill by it sounds like as little as five times as much as a hundred times uh (laughs) before they gave it to the city and then they had the mayor approve the bill because the mayor was in on it And then Slippery Dick, he paid the bill out, and then they would just, like, retire to the back rooms where the mayor and Slippery Dick and Tweed would, like, get all that money back. Get all of that extra illegal profit back. I
1: want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the fraud where it
0: happens. Uh, apparently aaron burr was a member of tammany hall
1: of course he was
0: of course he was he did want to be in the room where it happened and he was
1: was oh i'm so glad his dreams came true good for you oh, Aaron
0: Burr. so one example of this like contract scheme um the new york county courthouse cost 13 million dollars to build which in 1860 money is a lot around 200 million dollars today so fucking a lot for a building. Um incidentally that is twice as much as the US paid to buy Alaska. <laughs> like the same year. I mean, it reminds me of that quote from um
1: Independence Day when they go to um Area 51 and they're down in the the underground lab and they all the people are like looking at alien shit and the president's like it's like but how would we not have known? And the the Jewish dad goes well, what do you think? They were spending $500 on a hammer? $1,000 on a toilet seat? And that's what this is. It's like, you think people are spending yep. $500 on a hammer? No, it was $5 on a hammer and 495 for me. Thank you.
0: So, we got the courthouse. And I get to just... fuck your wife.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just can imagine that. It's just like these fucking assholes like, being like, no, 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 you pay me, and I fuck your wife. <laughs>
0: There, there's, like, a surprising lack of sexual shenanigans in all of this, which is probably just because I didn't research hard enough because I was tired, but... Uh, I mean, you already anyone... found the bird fucker. I already found the bird fucker. If anyone wants to tweet details about the sordid sex life of Boss Tweed at us, like, worse things have happened. <laughs> Message me on Facebook. We'll read it live on the air. It'll be a whole bonus episode. Um But, yeah, so the fucking courthouse... Um, why would one building cost so much? Because some tradesmen were mysteriously getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in old-timey goddamn money for, like, as little as two days of work. And, oh, also, the construction was using marble from a quarry that I guess Tweed maybe owned or had sticks in? Oh, weird. It's just Weird. And also, each of the commissioners tasked with overseeing the construction got a 20% kickback. You know, again, crazy random
1: happenstances. It's just the chaotic nature of the universe at work.
0: Just kismet. (laughs) (laughs) Their corruption- um, (laughs) (laughs) Kismet-ess. Their corruption led to an expansion of the city? Um, Because Tweed and his cronies would buy up unused land around the city, like, you know, Harlem, uh, use city resources to put utilities on it, and then sell off the land once it was usable. um, Which led to the development of, like, the entirety of Upper Manhattan. Um, But they did also triple the city's bond debt doing that. But they
1: got rich, so why are you mad at it? But they
0: got rich. Um. Oh. Also, he got about six hundred thousand dollars for letting the Brooklyn Bridge get built.
1: I mean, hey, the the man has an eye for fraud and <laughs> getting away with it. You know, Jacob Wool could learn a lot from Boss Tweed. Oh, Christ!
0: Please don't suggest that to him. <laughs> um. It is worth noting. This is my disclaimer. That some of the skim funds did go to charities and to build orphanages, and they set aside the land that was used for the New York City Library and for MoMA, and uh, to feed starving people, which I'm sure wasn't just to get their votes and ingratiate them. I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. Um, And Tweeds Ring did some sensible shit like um, keeping bible study out of public schools but that's also kind of just because they fucking hated protestants
1: this is why the phrase billionaire philanthropist means fucking nothing okay yeah if you're a billionaire you're a fucking problem it's like oh but i donate to charity No, no 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 you're
0: the problem i will eat you I don't know that anybody knew like how much Boss Tweed was worth exactly. He probably would have been a billionaire by today's standards, but like back in the 1860s, I don't think that I don't think that there was a billion.
1: Well, they could couldn't fathom that much money. Like that is just unfathomable. <laughs>
0: it did not exist. Um. Yeah, and all of that shit that they did does not make their shit not shady. Oh yeah, all no, of no, no, their no, no, shit no. was shady. <laughs> I all mean, oh, yeah. their shit was shady. Like, there are some people, like, oh god, in all the research that I did, there are a lot of people who want to be like, well, he he didn't really benefit personally from any of that at all. Like, he, he, there's no evidence that he got a whole bunch of money from that. It's because he was cooking the books, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> he, li- he literally owned the accountant,
1: Sharon. Like It's just, oh god. Um, it, again, it's I, it, I mean, there's there's such a thing as complicated people, but like to pose sort of a hmm, hmm question, it's like okay, so you have a dude who's like cooking the books and like literally like getting paying himself six hundred thousand dollars for the Brooklyn Bridge, you know what I mean? And then they're yeah. like, oh, but like he throws a couple of money, you know, throws a couple of dimes to some orphans every once in a while, and it's like, well, maybe could you think that perhaps that a man who pays himself $600,000 for other people to build the Brooklyn Bridge, that that money could have, I don't know, perhaps, maybe, been used to, like, solve poverty? So throwing those dimes to orphans meant fucking nothing? Maybe? Eat your local billionaire.
0: <laughs> Eating a billionaire 2020. <laughs> um, so, the downfall. Duncan. The tastiest Duncan. bit of every episode. But all of this was happening in 1871. So one of the auditors who had the books, you know, the ones that were fucking cooked, the ones that Slippery Dick didn't want anyone to see. He died after a horse stepped on him Oh, because it was the 1800s. Not the way I um, want go. Yeah, the replacement auditor just happened to be an ally of one of Tweed's, I guess, enemies, uh, the former sheriff, James O'Brien. So O'Brien, like, obviously got his hands on these books immediately. Um, Harper Weekly's Weekly Illustrator. That's a bad sentence that I wrote. (laughs) There was this guy, Thomas Nast. He worked for Harper's. Yay! Um, he tried to take down Tweed through political cartoons. That's why if you Google Tweed, there's a whole bunch of scathing political cartoons that make him look like a balloon. Yes. Um with a diamond. A little fat that was shamey,
1: neat. admittedly.
0: It's old a little fat, fat shamey. It was old
1: timey fat shamey.
0: Yes. And also like not the least accurate. But uh, these were, like, so prolific and so unflattering that Tweed apparently, reportedly, said, Stop them damned pictures. I don't care so much what the papers say about me. My constituents don't know how to read, but they can't help seeing those damned pictures.
1: (laughs) Honestly, again, humans have not changed that much because... It's the same thing now. People don't fucking read. They look at memes on
0: Facebook. Yes. It's the same shit. That's why I'm drunk with power. <laughs> because of memes. Fuck. They don't know how to read. read. Fuck. Um, so Nast, Harper's Weekly, and the New York Times were able to force an examination of the city's books. Yay. But the committee examining the books was made up of Tammany Hall dudes who, this is going to shock you, Ren, shock you to your very core, they found that the books had been faithfully kept.
1: I mean, yeah, because it's like, there's the the fraud book, and they're like, oh, oh, where did that go? And they just tuck it behind, like, their tuxedo jacket, and they pull out the book that has, like, fraud crossed out it says not fraud on they're like this is the real book oh look it's it's good now and then they just kind of scoot <laughs> out of the room with the book under their, their their jacket
0: yeah i mean i think that that was verbatim what happened <laughs> um so also like at the same time this is happening uh the orange riot happens. um which made the Tweed Ring look bad. Now, if you don't know what the Orange Riot is, I had heard about it. I didn't know what the fuck it was. I assumed it had something to do with oranges. It doesn't. Um, it was a riot where 60 people were killed Ooh. after the city allowed a parade by Irish Protestants to go ahead even though they knew they had, they should cancel it because they had done the parade the previous year and eleven people got killed because what the Protestants kind of
1: parade is this.
0: It was, a, it was basically a parade to go. We're Protestants, and the Irish, and the Irish Catholics are fucking dummies. Which was not a great parade to have in New York in the 1870s. It
1: certainly wasn't, and also like Irish Catholics will fuck you up, like. Yes. I saw Boondock Saints, man. Don't fuck with those people. Like, don't fucking play around.
0: Yeah. And, like, I am not sure exactly who got killed in all of this, if it was the Irish Catholics that murdered some Protestants, or if the Protestants got out of hand and they murdered some Irish Catholics. Like, ultimately, Tammany Hall, Boss Tweed, they're all sort of Irish Catholic aligned, but their constituency was kind of mad about this.
1: Yeah, fair. Yeah. That's a lot of people. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. That's a lot of people to be murdered because of a parade. That's probably the highest
0: parade murder.
1: <laughs> you know, the highest number of people murdered by parade.
0: I, you know, I, I don't know that for sure. I think that is pretty safe speculation.
1: It's surprising how many parades have led to people's deaths, which is why my political platform is no parades.
0: This is where you and I are forever diametrically opposed on the issue of parades. (laughs) Who knew? So, fucking people getting murdered at parades. And then this sheriff with a grudge against tweed has all of his cooked books and political cartoons are coming out, like, every day. Well, no. Harper's Weekly. They were coming out fucking (laughs) weekly showing this guy as, like, this big, ugly, fat cat. So, it's not great, Um, Tweed and his cronies, for whatever reason, would not pay the bribes that that sheriff and, like, all of the auditors who were getting involved were asking for. I mean, it had had been working so well before. It had been working so well. So the New York Times published, like, the whole books. They published the whole goddamn books. They published daily articles culminating in a special four-page supplement on July 29th headlined, Gigantic Frauds of the Ring Exposed. I was about to say, I guess your constituents can read. Huh. Uh, yeah, a couple of them. couple of them. Um, after the expose, everybody with a financial stake in New York was going, oh shit. Oh <laughs> shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> um, so the city's elite were like, shit, we've got to fix this. We of course, are the wisest and best. There's a direct <laughs> quote. We are the wisest and best citizens of the city, and so we have to take over the city government so we don't go broke. No one likes the people in charge. Maybe they'll trust us because we're rich. Like they always do. Mm. Uh, yeah, they attacked Tammany Hall by cutting off the city's funding. I don't know how they had the authority to do that, but they did. Um, <laughs> who? No one had
1: the authority to do anything. That's Nobody had authority true. to do anything. You just paid off the man with the canaries, and then like you just owned the <laughs> Brooklyn Bridge. Like, that's maybe what that's maybe that's what
0: it was. Maybe they measured power by just whoever has the most canaries.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've never seen a man so powerful. <laughs> My God. Um property owners refused to pay their municipal taxes. Uh and do you remember that judge who gave him a law license even though he had never studied the law? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy, um, kept the city comptroller from issuing any bonds or spending money. So, unpaid workers, they were not happy. Uh, they turned against Tweed if they weren't already, and they marched on city hall. Um, Tweed had to pay out $50,000 of his own fucking money to try to appease them. It didn't. It didn't. Oh, Oh, he only got $60,000 for the Brooklyn Bridge. Um and then Tweed's comptroller, the one who was not allowed to issue any money or whatever. He was like, "Fuck this, I'm out." So they had to replace him and the guy who replaced him was like, "Let me let me just take a little peek at just a little peek at these financial records." Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck oh, fuck. and they arrested Boss Tweed the next day. Aww. Uh, Tweed was released on $1 million bail and was like, you know what I want to do with this time? Run for office. (laughs) So,
1: you know what? Again, I appreciate the confidence of a fucking mediocre white dude who Uh, keeps committing fraud, like just can't help themselves.
0: Just cannot stop. Can't stop frauding. Can't um, stop, won't he, stop. He was fucking re-elected to the state senate because How? I guess he still had- Girl. Otten. Uh, um, he was re-elected in November 1871, so this is at this point like three months after like all those articles came out and he got arrested. Um, but his supporters and the other people that he had to have in place to like actually give him power because there had to be a block of them, they all fucking lost. They did dog shit in these elections. And a lot of them had to flee the literal country. Like, they did that bad. Oh. Um, and I guess, like, Johnny Law saw this and was like, no, because Tweed was rearrested, forced to resign his positions, and was replaced as Tammany Hall's leader. Um, well, I can
1: imagine, like, could you imagine? Like, you've just arrested this dude. Right? Who, like, committed all of the fraud while wearing a diamond that said fraud on it, right? And, like, corrupt is his middle name. And you, like, okay, that guy's in jail. Who now I can focus on my job. I know there's an election coming. This fucker's right back here. What the fuck? What the fuck? I just fucking arrested this guy, y'all. What the fuck? I turn around for five seconds to, like, take my wife on a date. And, like, now you've put this guy back. No, uh-uh, no, mm-mm. I'm immediately re-arresting that dude. I don't know, I had to push him into the river or something.
0: Yeah, he was uh, let out again on $8 million bail. Did he run again? Uh, Not then. <laughs> 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 not at that point. And she reason- said-
1: I know it's not, I know it's not at all this, like, one person, but I have this image of, like, there's the one lone cop trying to get Boss Tweed in jail, <laughs> and it's played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's an Oscar-winning performance.
0: Uh, so, Tweed did go to trial. Uh, his first trial was in January 1873. It was deadlocked. Um, he was retried that November, and was convicted on 204 of 220 counts of forgery and larceny. That's a lot. Yeah, it makes me wonder what happened to those other 16, but okay. Um, He was fined $12,750 and sentenced to 12 years in prison. As you might imagine, he appealed this, and a higher court decided, you only have to spend one year in prison, it's fine.
1: Yep, that um, sounds like a rich white man who commits corruption. Nothing happens to them. <laughs> Nothing yep. happens to them! <laughs> I, I love America. Have I mentioned how much I love this country? Uh,
0: so he was locked up in the Ludlow Street Jail, but he was still a rich and powerful dude, so they allowed him to go ho- to go on home visits. Just all I mean, the time. I yeah, because- just
1: fucking threw his pocket diamonds at people and like he asked us to go home and
0: of course he did he's like i promise uh, i pinky <laughs> promise i'll come back during one of these on december 4th 1875 Tweed escaped and fled to spain where he became a sailor us okay i'm sorry yeah a sailor
1: <laughs> yep like a pirate's life for me i i what?
0: guess I fucking guess. I don't, mm, there is not nearly enough information on that period of his life. Um, mostly because the US government figured out where he was, like, immediately, and arranged for him to be arrested as soon as he reached the Spanish border, uh, which he was, because everybody recognized him from Thomas Nass political cartoons. We stand a king <laughs> and a cartoonist. Say what you will about them being unflattering and fatphobic. Like, it was enough for Spanish people to go...
1: Just looking down, look up, look down, look up.
0: Uh, He was returned to America in prison in November 1876. When he got back to America, I guess he was just, like, his spirits were broken and he had no more money. And uh, he... He knew he was not going to get to go back to the sea, and I guess that made him sad, maybe. Oh, his one true love. His one true love, the cruel mistress of the sea. Uh, He agreed to testify about the inner workings of the Tweed Ring to a special committee set up by the Board of Aldermen in return for his release from prison. So he testified, but then the new governor was like, oh, fuck no, I'm not honoring that, and would not let him out of prison. Um... And so he died in the Ludlow Street Jail on April 12th, 1878, from severe pneumonia, and was buried in the Brooklyn Greenwood Cemetery. Mayor Smith Eli would not allow the flag at City Hall to be flown at half-mast. Because fuck this dude. Fuck <laughs> this dude. So that's th- that's boss tweet, in case you wanted to know what that was about. It's a lot weirder than I thought.
1: Yeah, You know, I know you said him being married wasn't important to the story, and it's not, but I have to think sometimes, like, where was the wife when he was off (laughs) being a Spanish sailor, and she's just at home, and, like, he's out getting a tan?
0: Yeah, I don't, because I don't imagine this being some, like, little demure society dame, because she didn't marry him when he was boss tweet she married him when he was an axe wielding chair making psychopath <laughs> so that's who i want a biopic I see, of I in see all the romantic, of romantic
1: the romantic drama where they're having a fight where he's like haven't i given you everything all the money and she's like no i fell in love with the man wielding an axe in front of a burning building you haven't wielded that axe in so long i don't know you anymore
0: oh god (laughs) producers you know at me we'll we'll talk we'll talk movie rights oh man oh geez
1: well i'm glad that america learned its lesson and this has never happened
0: ever again (laughs) So, in lieu of a traditional self-care plan, I I felt like this episode was a good time to remind you to fucking vote. Fucking vote. Don't wait to mail in your ballots. Mail them in now. Please vote immediately. Mail and, them in now.
1: And we could talk about the fact that, like, voting is, like, the bare minimum. And, like, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a guarantee that everything will change and be perfect because we do live in a corrupt political system. But, like,
0: it's bare minimum, y'all. Make sure you sign envelope B. You gotta sign envelope B if you're mailing it in. Make sure it matches your driver's license signature because if you did a dumb fucking thing and drew your signature as a little cat when you were at the DMV, then you have to draw it as a little cat for the election because That's otherwise they'll throw the ballot out and it's an issue. Well, now I know what
1: my new signature is. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> gotta get the DM- DMV on board with it. Right. That's gonna be all for us this <laughs> week, folks. <laughs>
1: If you like what you're hearing, and I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, you can check us out. We have a website, this We have a Twitter at this We have a Facebook at this fucking guy, because Facebook wants us to curse as much as possible. And we love that about them. Uh, we also have a Patreon at this or this But, you know, it's fine. Just donate to your local bail funds or something and vote.
0: Yeah. Just just vote for us instead. As always, I'm Ginger Gollum.
1: I am still Ren Martinez.
0: And here's a bonus self-care tip.
1: Fucking vote for the love of God! From your lips to Anita Bryant's ears. Don't be this fucking guy. Peace. Peace. This fucking guy.